Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's scariest podcast. All right, welcome. Welcome. I'm Nicholas. I'm joined by witch hunter extraordinaire, Jeremy. Hey! And Freddy Krueger enthusiast, Justin. How's it going? So, uh, here we are in the home stretch, the last week of our daily Halloween content. So, I'm sure as much as he is a witch hunter, he probably is in desperate need of a nap. Mm Mm-hmm. Very he's true. Gonna, he's going to be a bed hunter soon. <laughs> so uh, we're doing this again next year? No, we're going to do the 25 days of Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> this year. He's starting now. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> December 1st, it starts, baby. No, hey. I don't know. Never say never. I might do it again next year, but got to have a different plan this next time around if we ever do it again. So... All right, well, uh, if those of you who are avid listeners to the podcast um, are aware, Justin assigned us some homework last week, um, and we were supposed to come up with our dream casting of a reboot of Gilligan's Island. So um, I, I did my homework as it was assigned to me. I did mine. I don't know if I'd call it a dream casting, but it's a, I think possibly a realistic casting all right well because if, I mean, if i did a dream casting a lot of these guys wouldn't make any sense <laughs> well i mean i tried to keep it real well I'll, when we get to all right so how do we want to do it do we want to each like we'll pick a character and each give who we picked or do we want to yeah we'll go with that okay way. all that right sounds, that sounds good give right, well, uh, since... some of us a little time to you know think about our answers um, all right, so well, since you came up with the assignment, we'll let you go first. Which cast member do you want to kick us off with? Well, I mean, it's Gilligan's Island, so of course we got to start with Professor. Okay. <laughs> I, with, with Gilligan, I put, uh, you know, I was debating between two. I was debating, but the one I settled with was uh, Johnny Castle. Okay. Doug from Scrubs. Right, right. That's a good it, choice. I was really struggling between him and uh, DJ Quarles. Funny you say that because, because that's he, who I he pops into my mind when I picture a Gilligan is I picture DJ Quarles. DJ Quarles <laughs> is actually who I put on my list for Gilligan. Nice. Yeah, he's Great who mind. I he's he's who I originally wrote, but I changed it today. No, that that was one of the few that like. That was a, like the Instant. first person I thought of, and I was like, I'm sticking with that one. Yeah. There's a couple that I have, like, a couple different choices, depending on how we're doing, you know, depending on what, what uh, avenue the show is taking. But, right. you know, but that one was, like, immediately, like, DJ Qualls, done, lock it in, write it down. <laughs> Jeremy, what do you think? <clears throat> yeah, um... I'm going to go ahead and say DJ Qualls. 
right, we'll write we'll write that down. DJ Qualls has been cast as the new Gilligan in the Gilligan's Island reboot. I mean, that that is really a good. It's spot on pick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is like if, if we're going to do it, like we that's who almost has to be it. Like the thing I struggled with, though, was his height because he's a tall, lanky guy. Yeah, but I mean, Gilligan it's a, re- was, it's a reboot. Gilligan wasn't necessarily tall, but he was definitely skinny and lanky. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it he just he fit like especially like I was thinking of like some of the later seasons of Z Nation when like he wasn't just by himself. Like he was actually part of the cast, but yeah, our road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New guy, new guy, <laughs> or, yeah. or or legit. Even though that one, he was a paraplegic. I didn't see that. Oh, it's that Jim Jeffrey show. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So. All right, yeah, DJ that... DJ Quells is locked in. I wrote it okay. down. All right. In the in the final the final cast. All right. So, all right. So, who are we going to go with next? What's who is the next cast member of? Uh, I don't know. Let's go with. I'll just keep going on my list. Skipper. Okay. Who, who did you put as your skipper, Nicholas? Um. All right. Well, I I went with two different people. I I couldn't really decide. It really depended on on like our. In this in this recast, are we doing a like just a movie, like a two and a half hour movie, two hour movie, or this is like a straight up like thirty minute like eight year sitcom? I did it as a sitcom. Okay, all right. And honestly, it could go either way. Um, I couldn't decide between Brad Garrett or um, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family. All like, right. Yeah. Also, um, I learned that Skipper's real name is Jonas Grumby. Interesting. Hmm. I I did not know that. I thought. I, I mean, I knew his name wasn't Skipper, but like, I, I can't. I did learn in the research that the original cast for Skipper was uh, Carol O'Connor. Okay, who oh. played Ar- Archie Bunker. Okay, yeah. But they reselected a different guy because they thought he was uh, too unsympathetic to play I, that I role. Can see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the only name I put down for Skipper was Jim O'Hare, who is oh. who is Jerry from Parks and Rec. That's a oh, good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jerry or Gary, whatever his actual <laughs> name is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, say I'm gonna say Keenan Thompson. I'm gonna recast it as a black man. <laughs> the only <laughs> just to piss people off. <laughs> No, I, I'm fine with that. Keenan okay. Thompson is is incredibly talented. He the is. only reason the only reason I don't I I stayed away from certain actors because, um, like I felt like Skipper had to be older and like <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, he needs he needs to be of a certain age. They can right? gray he, his, he can have they can gray his hair or something That's because Keenan Thompson is not that much older than DJ Qualls or maybe even possibly younger. I don't know how. I mean, I don't remember how old DJ Qualls is, but. I don't know. Forty two. He always 43. looks the same. <laughs> and same with Keenan. I mean, you know, he's been famous forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also try to go with a cast of people who aren't going to be busy so they can actually do this. Well, we'll when we get to <laughs> one of the other people, we'll we'll have to talk about why I chose certain people there. Uh, but well, they're exactly the same age. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> they're both <Yes>. forty three. <laughs> okay. Um that's 
like that's what I struggled with on some of them. Like that's why I had to, that's why I picked who I did because I was like, okay, you know, I mean, Brad Garrett is also physically bigger than Gilligan, yeah. but he's also, you know, like 20 years older. So yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. And then Eric Stone Street, I figured kind of had more of the look. You know, I don't know how that, old he is, but that's how I felt with Jim O'Hare. Yeah. Yeah. Jim O'Hare. He's, yeah. he's got the look. Jeremy, you want to lead us in the next one? Oh, of course. I'd love going? to. <laughs> All right. no. Next up, we've got uh, who we went up cast as Thurston Howell. Yeah. And All of right. course, I picked. Um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Interesting so, choice. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty much all the budget for the whole thing was spent on just getting him to sign on. But you blew, you blew the budget right there. Yeah. But it was worth it, I would think. Uh, the, the one I put for Thurston was, uh, was John Lithgow. Mm. Okay. Was, was I, the one. I went with Bruce Campbell. Hmm. All right. That'd be oh. an interest, interesting Thurston. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, Bruce Campbell can do the TV thing. He proved that with burn notice. Um, and now that he's a little older, I mean, I've just seen him in a preview for uh, the new season of AP Bio. He's looking a little older. Plus, I mean, like he's done that. He can do like the, the suave kind of like rich guy. But he also can do the comedy. Like I just, you know, I felt like you know Bruce Campbell, and Bruce Campbell can also be part of an ensemble without kind of like drawing in the focus and making him the main uh, main star of the show. That's kind of how I felt with John Lithgow. Like, cause, like him and Dexter, he can do that serious right. like stuff, and then he can also be really funny, like in uh, Third Ref from the Sun. Yeah. All right. Otherwise, if I went with who I want, I'd put Mel Brooks in that role. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. And then for Thurston's wife, Lovey, I put Christine Baranski. Okay. The one who the one who plays Leonard's mom in Big Bang Theory. Okay. Oh, I mean, she's been in so much though. But yeah. Um I went with Kristen Chenoweth. All right. It just seemed, I, I really, that one was the one I struggled with the most. So I was just kind of like, uh, she's funny. I like her. Where would I know her from? Oh, man. Kristen Chenoweth. She's a tiny little blonde um, singer, but she's in. Uh, What was that show about the pies that, like, the guy could? Uh, Pushing Daisies. Yes, Pushing Daisies. Okay. Yeah, she was she was on Pushing Daisies. She was in American Gods. She's done a ton of movies. Like, if you saw her, like, you'd be like, "Oh, that's her." Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh. <laughs> All right, you're down the line, Nicholas. Uh, who's who's you put for Ginger? Oh, what do you wait, got I've got an answer. Oh, <laughs> is Angela Lansbury still alive? Because <laughs> that would be uh, my casting. I, I don't, if she is, I, she's got to be pushing so. 100. <laughs> Let's see, Angela Lansbury. 
Yeah, she's still alive. She's 96. So, yeah, that would be who I would pick. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, that's a pretty big age difference. Uh, otherwise, put Betty White in there. I mean, I, <laughs> Mel, I would, Mel Brooks and Betty White. I would be afraid to cast a 96 year old in a sitcom that I want to have run for eight to 10 years. But, you know. <laughs> okay. What about the mom from Modern Family then? Yeah, I never really watched Modern Family, uh, so... <laughs> All like, right, I go saw, on. <laughs> I saw enough commercials to know who these people were. <laughs> but, Whatever, go on. <laughs> All right. Who'd you put, Nicholas, for your ginger? Uh, Christina Hendricks. Uh, she was one I'd considered, too. Oh, yeah. She, she does TV. Um, she's an actual redhead. Uh, and, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, she, she's reasons. funny. She's yeah. I mean, reasons, <laughs> but she's. I mean, the some of the stuff I've seen her in, she can be funny. Like she can pull off comedy. I mean, she tends to stick to drama, but I have seen her do uh, comedy in the past. So yeah, I I went with uh, Renee Olstead. Renee Olstead as the ginger. Uh, the little or the the kid from. Uh, still standing yes oh, she's, wow. actually, she's actually like 32 33 now yeah and she's yeah. an actual ginger oh well, yeah she, she yeah well, she has proven that yeah. <laughs> that's that's the road i went with that one okay I gotta uh, get people i gotta get people to watch you I know mean, what draws me in which now that you bring up still standing, that brings up more uh like go back for skipper Mark Addy. The, yeah. The, yeah, the dad. he would yeah, the dad. He would be he would be a great skipper. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Uh I'm gonna say either Allison Hannigan or uh Tara Reed in a <laughs> with a red hair if she just dyed it red. I'm with you on the first choice. I yeah. can't. I will cancel this whole podcast if Terry gets cast. <laughs> well, come on, we got to bring her back. We got to give her just one more shot. She's too busy doing Sharknado That's 17 true. or whatever they're on now. That's true. I mean, she might actually believe they're really shipwrecked. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's possible. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to lead us off on a Marianne? Marianne. Um, well, certainly. I can definitely do that for Marianne. Uh, why don't we go ahead and cast Christina Ricci? Okay. <laughs> all right. Does uh, that work? <laughs> I mean, I like Christina Ricci, so I'm, I'm all for it. Okay. Odd choice there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Okay. No. I, uh, I went with Allison Brie. Oh, Ooh, that's okay. a good one. As Marianne. I'm now, clearly trying to draw the audience of the 18 to 32 male demographic. I I um I tried to go not necessarily polar opposite of Christina Hendricks, um, because you you want to have that debate of Ginger Marianne, like you know the the, the ever yeah. everlasting eternal debate, like you've got you know the movie star, like the you know the uh, high class, and then you've got Marianne, like the girl next door. So I went Zoe Deschanel. Oh, I definitely had considered her. 
Yeah, I stopped thinking after I got to that one. So I was like, uh, pretty much like with DJ Qualls. Like, as soon as that name popped into my head, I was like, nope, that's who I want. That's, that's it. Yeah. So, Which, I, I mean, Allison Bree is also a good choice. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get, like I said, that younger male demographic. I got Jeremy watching already. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch much, but I'll tune into this. Which then leaves the last one of The Professor. Nicholas, <clears throat> what route did you go with The Professor? This is the one I struggled with the most. I came up with the rest of the cast. Like, I started, like, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday at work. Like, I was just thinking about or working on equipment. And um, so, oh, when something came up, I'd, like, I'd write it down and you know, just keep moving. But, man, the professor took me a good majority of the week to come up with. Um, I came down to three choices. I think I'm going to go with my first choice of Tom Cavanaugh. Okay. All right. Um, it kind of brings the age of, of the professor down a little bit too much. But my first, like the first person that popped into my head was Brian Cranston. And, and I was like, man, but if you put Brian Cranston in that cast, like the show is going to be about the professor, not anybody else. Because yeah, he's, and he's, ever, everyone's <laughs> going to ask when the professor is going to start making drugs. Well, there's that too. But I mean, <laughs> you, you just, I mean, well, you'd have to grow, like you'd have to have him grow his hair back out. And go like knock on the middle father, but yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, or or and then the one that would completely distract for the entire show, uh, Jeff Goldblum, also. <laughs> but that's that's why I went Tom I Cavanaugh because Tom Tom Cavanaugh, I mean everybody knows him. I mean you might not know the name right away, but when you see him, you're like that guy. That guy. I mean he he's on. I mean he's on every season of the Flash. Flash. As a different character. As a different character, um, I mean, it's always a Wells, but it's still. Uh, he, was but he, on, had, he was on Scrubs. Yeah, he had a really good arc on Scrubs. Like he, he's, I mean, he's been in so much stuff that like you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's that guy. And I think you know, with like Flash, he proves that he can play like the smart on Scrubs. He can play stupid. Like you know, he you know he's got the you know kind of. So that's why I figured. Like, if I'm casting a TV show, like, if I'm doing a movie, I'm probably going Brian Cranston. If I'm casting right. a TV show where I need the, the cast to kind of be able to work together and not one person kind of, you know, outshine the rest of them, I'm going Tom Cavanaugh. All right, that's All right. fair. Like, I know I, I want to try to get, like, John C. McGinley in here somewhere, but I couldn't do that as the professor. He was one I thought of, like, for maybe Thurston. But for professor, I would... Uh, Matthew Gray, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Gubbler? Oh, yeah. They, they, from, yeah. From, from Criminal Minds? Yeah, okay. I feel like, you know, he'd be a pretty good professor. The, the range he shows on that TV series. Oh, that dude. All right, yeah. yeah. He's, he's got a lot of different looks, too. If you ever look at it throughout the seasons of that, he's always changing it up. Or, or whenever you see him in a movie, you're like, I know that guy. Where yeah. Oh, wait, that's the... Right. Yeah. That's the guy I went with as uh, as the professor. Also okay. brings the also brings the age down. He's in his I want to say his er, early to mid thirties, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, I kept most of the cast is in their thirties, so they can they can do the show for extended period of time. And I don't think any of these guys are too busy to do a sitcom. Yeah, I mean, that was some of the ones that I picked. I was like, uh, it might be hard to get them. But, you know, also, you know, this is a fantasy world in which, you know, 
at some point Hollywood's going to be like, here's this crazy budget. Go remake this show. <laughs> and they'll come listen to our podcast. They'll get an and, idea. Of- and for some, and for some reason they let us three be showrunners. Yeah. <laughs> Which leaves uh last thing up to you there, Jeremy. Uh all right. I'm gonna say Sam Rockwell Ooh. for the professor. Okay. That's all right. I yeah. that, that that's an interesting spin on it. <laughs> yeah. It might be a good time to mention that I've never seen an episode of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> What? I'm just aware of it from pop culture. <laughs> you, oh man! I don't even begin I mean, to know where to start with you. I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> I was born I'm, in '91. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm 40. The show was off the air before I was around. I yeah, still same. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, uh, granted, I also come from a time when cable didn't really exist, and we only had five channels. So, and you, you, know, had, you like, had to crank the antenna to change the direction of it so you can pick up different channels. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah. Well, between pictures. VHF and UHF on the on the TV. Yeah. Simpler times um, back then. Back back when when Batman sixty six and Gilligan's Island and stuff like that was still on every day and it was popular not necessarily because they were making new episodes but because four o'clock in the afternoon that's what you got to watch because it was one of four channels that came in or you you got a lot of mash Mm. oh yeah you got a lot of mash mash played all all the time but there we have it yeah i like the casting Yeah, I, I think I think we had some pretty inspired choices. Yeah, a couple of unique, I think, unique directions, but the one thing we can all agree on is DJ Quarles has to be the new Gilligan. That is true. It's, it's the only person that we all will. Well, okay, two of us had written down ahead of time. Yeah, I meant to remind somebody, but I just didn't get around to it. Um, now I would say like. It's in the same vein of like Bewitched or I Dream a Genie or, or it's there's a suspension of disbelief that you have to put in for for even back then that you could have a small tour boat that was only supposed to go on a three hour tour of, of the Hawaiian Islands when a storm arose and blew it off course so far that nobody could find them for years. Yeah. And, yeah. and they had unlimited amount of uh, clothes and supplies that kept them all relatively healthy. Um, it also amazed me how many people could swing by the island and then nobody was ever like, hey, you know the people that we're looking for? They're over there. Like, I mean, so like if we were going to remake it in today, like we'd have to really kind of come up with a reason like oh i mean we'd almost have to do like a lost thing where like the island existed out of time or, or something because like it's yeah it's really just a crazy concept which i mean we could make it work there's definitely ways we could figure out how how to make it work yeah some someone's in a coma and it's all just in their imagination uh, 
that seems like a cheap way out. I want to. I, mean, I want to do. I mean, be, be missing out a little island in Hawaii for eight years. Come on. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why. I mean, like, look at Lost. I mean, they they found a way to make that work. So. Now that yeah. one I've never seen. Okay. Well, uh, Jeremy. Mm, I saw the first episode. <laughs> Okay then, that's uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm out on an island by myself then. Wow. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, if if you could find uh, Gilligan's Island on a streaming service, I'm sure it's on, you know, Tubi or which you cannot. I was looking. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I no, want to watch. I want to watch a couple episodes to try to refresh my mind about some of the characters. But it's not out there. Maybe it's on MeTV. It probably is. Probably. I don't, know. I don't think they have a streaming service. Hmm. Well, they're really missing out. Okay. Um, so it's funny you bring up Sam Rockwell. Okay. Because <sighs> um, we, we got a, a couple bits of news before we, we get to what we're here for. Some trick-or-treating news. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently... Shortly before he took Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. had met with Marvel about being Doctor Doom in those Fantastic Four movies, the one with Michael Chiklis and uh, Jessica Alba. Mm. Okay. So, like, he was almost cast as as uh, as that instead of Julian McMahon, hmm. which would have kept him out of the Robert uh, would have kept him out of the Iron Man movies, where one where there was a, some of the people, some of the names that had been brought up to be Iron Man when they were fighting with the insurance company over Robert Downey Jr. to begin with was Tom Cruise and Sam Rockwell. So, I mean, that would have taken the MCU in a very different course, I think, had anybody other than Robert Downey Jr. been cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not, to say, that's not to say in the future that somebody else can't be Iron Man. I just think that. You know, there was something about the, the that magic, you know, that, that magic, you know, everything coming together in the right way. I think Robert Downey Jr. was really the, the beginning piece of that recipe, that formula that, that made it work. I mean, Sam Rockwell, yeah. would have, Sam Rockwell would have been a really interesting choice. I think I would, he, would have been a, he would have been a better choice than Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, I like Tom Cruise movies, but we're going to watch Iron Man run for four hours. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, Tom, the Iron Man would have been a very different movie if if Tom Cruise would have would have been would have been cast. So I think it's better is I mean, those those first couple Fantastic Four movies weren't great. They weren't bad, but, you know, it's better that they didn't waste Robert Downey Jr., in those ones, yeah, so, yeah. Although, I mean, although we did get Chris Evans come back around as Captain America, so yeah, he's done several different comic book movies, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Like uh, four. He's done the Losers, Fantastic Four, and Captain America. Those are the three I can think of. Scott Boy, Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. Is he mad? No, it, it does make me curious as if if they're going to continue with this uh, like um, multiverse thing where they're bringing in like all the Spider-Man, 
like if they do like go, hey, let's get crazy and bring in uh, Chris Evans as the Human Torch, meeting himself as Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um, but okay, also um, in, a, in another little bit of news, they're making a Barbie movie. I heard about that. Okay. They've cast Margot Robbie as Barbie. Yeah. Okay. All Is right. Um, and they've also cast Ryan Gosling as Ken. Um, where it gets really weird for me is that they also hired Greta Gerwig to be the writer and director. Um, but Greta Gerwig is like a straight up art house director, writer. I mean, the biggest like profile per, uh, thing that she's done is probably um, Little Women, but I think she did Lady Bird a couple years ago. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. Like, I mean, she, she's been an actress, but I mean, She's gotten into the writing and directing a lot recently. So like this, like her doing Barbie seems way out of left field for her. Yeah. Um, Because I can't imagine that the the Mattel, I think it's Mattel that owns Barbie. Yes. um, Is going to let her get super crazy or preachy or like ultra feminist with it. Like, I don't know. Like they're going to want it. They're going to protect their... Their intellectual yeah, their Im- their image too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it won't it, they won't let it get like super sleazy or like you know I don't I, it'll be interesting. I have no idea how much interest I have in it. I mean, they did cast one person that makes me go, all right, at least I'll look at it. I mean, I'll watch a trailer. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll look at the poster. <laughs> you know, I'll watch the trailer to see if it's worth it. You know, but nah. yeah, is it like gonna be a? It's a movie, right? Yeah. Nah. Is it like animated? No, <laughs> it's gonna be a real live action film. Yeah, live yeah. action, live action. What? Movie. That's weird. Wow. I mean, and and Margot Robbie is a super talented actress, but you know, I don't think Barbie when I see her. No, no. So that that'll be interesting. They should have casted a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Just they're made of plastic. Yeah, the dimensions are much better too. Usually, <laughs> at least closer to Barbie dimensions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I I think you know you're not going to find a a, a good. Well, I can't say that. I can't think of a good actress that has Barbie proportions where Margot, <laughs> where, where Margot Robbie is obviously a very good actress. Yeah. I feel like this is gonna this movie's gonna suck. <laughs> this is gonna be fucking bullshit. This is so stupid. <laughs> it re- yeah, it, 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 it. like who the fuck cares about this? What could the story possibly be? Like they move into a dream house and just like fuck no, around. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I will tell you though. Um, did you you guys watch the toys that made us? Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Did you yeah, watch the Barbie episode? Yeah. Okay. That was 
as much as I have no interest in Barbie, that was probably the most one of the most fascinating episodes of the series. Yeah, that was like, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, just all the backstabbing that went around, and you know, all the. Yeah. I mean, and that one that one lady who they kept talking to that they did not talk about the deflated manic naked mannequin behind her the whole time. Yeah. No one brought it up. It was just there, like laying over the chair. <laughs> And nobody was like, you want to explain that? Like, it uh, was just what's, what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it's also possible that, I mean, they did say they cast her as Barbie and him as Ken. So they're not doing like a making of Barbie. Like, they're not doing like the, this is how the woman created the, you know, the, the doll, you know. So I don't know. Uh, you're right. It's probably going to suck. But yeah. It doesn't oh. sound like it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> but that I'm might, also that, might, that might be like a straight to Amazon kind of movie. <laughs> I'm also guessing that the demographic for the Barbie movie is not three people who look like us. Uh, that's that's true. <laughs> I'm sure they don't care what we think about it. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that uh, you know, you know, people who are in desperate need of uh, a beard trim uh, are the the target audience for. Our beards are fine. We don't need to trim them. That is true. You're right. We don't. Okay. So this is our story to transition into the next story, our, our, our Halloween memories. Have you guys heard, and this is, okay, so we're going to play a quick game of is it appropriate? All right. We like, we like games. <laughs> I mean, it's, and, it's, and being inappropriate. Yeah, I feel like I lose that game a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, I mean, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer to this one. Um, so there's a, there's a house in Michigan. I think it's in the Detroit area uh, where about 20 years ago, there was a triple murder. Uh, a boy, they, I didn't get too far into it. They didn't, they didn't really explain it, but a boy flipped out, killed his, Two, one or two sisters and then his mom and I think then he died in the house um, now flash forward to I want to say this was the first year she did it but it could be the last year or two this is just the first year it made news um, the lady who now owns the house is putting up decorations uh, in the yard of gravestones with those people's names on it bloody handprints on the door and on the porch um uh, Various other things that kind of uh, really push on the fact that, like, hey, a triple murder happened in this house. Now, this is not a new neighborhood. This is an old neighborhood. So this is a neighborhood where there are still a lot of people who live there that remember this happening. So I submit to you, is this appropriate? Uh, I would... I, I think it's in bad taste. Not the Halloween decorations. Yeah, go for it. But if you're using their specific names of the people that were involved in that location, I would think that's in bad taste. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt about it too. I'm I, fine you know, if you want to make like the bloody handprints and the fake graveyard and the for Halloween, but if you're going to actually be using the names of the victims at that location. 
I'm gonna it's see if I still have pretty it. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone should force her to take it down, though. Like, I don't think she should ever. I don't know if that ever came up or not, but I think she has every right to put it there. But it is really like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, a little disrespectful yeah. for the for the people involved. Okay. All right. So, yeah, this boy beat his mother and twin teen sister to death with a baseball bat and then stabbed them, and then killed his younger sister when she became crying. Uh, now, okay, the, the home's yard features three gravestones surrounded by police tape with a baseball bat and an evidence marker near the porch. The front door is silhouetted, is decorated with silhouettes of people and bloody handprints and the words that say, help us. Um, the home's front windows include images of bloody handprints and splatter. Um, the lady who lives there will, did not want to give her last name. Um, said she grew up in the house and has been in her family's house, but and she doesn't understand the neighbor's outrage. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Some, somehow, because she had to clean up the bloodbath herself close to twenty years ago, that she thinks it's completely okay to do this. Wait. She had to clean up the bloodbath herself. What? They bought the house and there was still um no, I guess blood everywhere. I guess they owned the house when they rented it to the family that, that did the killing. Um now this is one of those little I was listening to a podcast a while ago. This is one of those little known facts about uh, murder. Um don't do it. Well, don't do it, but the <laughs> good little, tip. Known, little known fact, kids, don't murder people. The, the police and the coroner. Don't come to your house and clean up. Like they'll come and take the body, but right. all of the blood is still there. Right. Like you have to clean that up. <laughs> it's like that or movie. depending on how or depending on how bad it is, you have to hire a specialty company. Well, the podcast I was listening to was interviewing these specialty companies that clean up biohazard and like all the various different chemicals and the stuff that they have to go into mm. because they were talking about like like it's one thing to go into a house with a murder, but it's another thing. Like when you go into a house where somebody died and nobody found them for like two months, and like you know they were talking about what it takes to clean that up, and it's like yeah, you never think about that. Like you know on the TV shows, like everything just magically takes care of itself. Yeah, but in real life, like like somebody's got to do it. Like it's a yeah. lot of chemicals. <laughs> Ooh, so, yeah. Stinks. Um, so the only way I could, I, the only way I could see this being appropriate is if like the people that died prior to dying told that lady, like if my last request before dying is to be, uh, commemorated in your Halloween decor. So if I die, feel free to use me in your decorations. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, I'm, I'm going to guess that that was never a conversation that came up. Like, <laughs> I hey, wouldn't think so. If me and my family ever get murdered. Yeah, feel free to use us as a Halloween decorations and yeah, use our use our like use our likeness and just kind of. <laughs> I think the lady must just want attention. That's got to be what it is. Probably. Is the lady's is the lady's name Karen? Uh, no. Okay, the, it was not. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, I I heard that story and then I I so I looked it up to read it and I was like, yeah. Like part of me goes, eh, whatever, do what you want. But another part of me is like, yeah, that is kind of inappropriate. Like that's, you know, like far be it for me to like walk over to her house and be like, knock that off. 
But at the yeah, same right. time, it's like, yeah, maybe we don't invite her to the neighborhood picnic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your, your yard, do what you want, but that's uh, it's in bad taste. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if, if I heard on the radio that they were using the names on the gravestones or I just implied it, but they, they did put up grave, you know, gravestones. Not, not the article doesn't say they put the names on it, but clearly, like I said, it happened. Uh, well, that, everybody was saying it was 20 years ago, but it is said in 2003, so that was like, well, that's only 18 years ago, hmm. but I guess it's close enough to 20 just to go ahead and yeah, just round, round, it, up. round, it, round up. it up, round it up. <laughs> so, all right, well, now that we're into the Halloween spirit and decorations. Ooh, spooky stuff. Let us try oh. to re- recreate. Oh, well, okay. First off, I did a little research. Ooh. Um, I was unaware of this assignment. Uh, well, because I said at the time that I said that we didn't have to, but then I changed my mind. Oh, I, I all, just, I, all I heard was we don't have to do this, and I stopped. All right, cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we are going to talk about trick-or-treating in our own memories. We're going to try to Recapture a little bit of of the classic machete kills or Halloween dreams. I I don't know. If impossible. It's it's I don't know if it's possible. Um, one day, one day when we're rich and famous and we have money to hire somebody to clean that episode up, we we go back and listen to it. I think our our memories of it are going to be so inflated that we're like, this is what we've been talking about. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll still talk about it. We just won't let the uh, the public hear it. <laughs> Okay, so trick-or-treating. Um, it goes back into Scotland, Britain, Ireland, as far back as the 16th century when they called it guising, hmm. where you would go door-to-door putting on small performances for foods and treats. <laughs> awesome. Uh, in North America, um, the first references... Um, it, well, the article said 1920, and then it immediately goes the first known reference is uh, the first known occurrence is in ontario canada in uh, 1911 so it's like wait you said it showed up in the 20s but yeah then you, yeah well That's again I, 1911 is close enough <laughs> round it up <laughs> um what would you do for your performance if you were had to guys back in that era oh if i had to guys back in back in the 16th century yeah so what would that, your go-to performance piece be? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would put on a small suit and sing, we represent the lollipop guild. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like that it. guy is huge. Why is he singing a munchkin song? Uh-huh. <laughs> First, first off, why is a guy that big even doing this? Yeah, what is he even doing? Yeah, why is he outside of our house anyways? <laughs> this is supposed to be for kids. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what, I mean, I'm sure my friends and I would have come up with a little skit. Yeah. You know, a little a little play, you know. Yeah. I would take some kind of like Three Stooges slapstick <laughs> comedy skit is probably the route I'd go. I like that, yeah. Unless there's the th- unless there's the three of us, then barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Me, 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 me. <laughs> They're gonna give uh, us stuff to make us leave. <laughs> yeah, just, whatever just, you want. <laughs> just 
leave and never come back. Here's all the money in my wallet. Please never, stop. Don't ever guise at this door again. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Jeremy? Uh, maybe just some sort of skit, like like you guys said. Maybe like a maybe a knock knock joke. All right. Yeah. Your stand your stand up routine. Yeah. There, yeah. There we go. Yeah. What's the deal with guising? <laughs> and girls do it too. <laughs> okay, so anyway, yeah. the first the first known print reference, so somebody wrote it down to trick or treating, not guising, was in a newspaper in 1927 from a town called Blackie, Alberta. Mm, sounds racist. It yeah. does. Yeah, it was in Canada. Um, trick or treat, but seems to have gone completely widespread by the 30s. Um, it kind of stalled when World War II started, obviously, because everything was kind of rationing. So in 47, it, it, it came back around. So World War II is over. Everybody's trying to get back into normal. So you have uh, a lot of kids' magazines uh, all of a sudden start talking about trick or treating again. Uh, in 47, you also had it show up in like the Jack Benny show and Ozzy and Harriet. And then by 1951, it appeared in the, the, the word trick or treat appeared in the peanuts comic strip. And that was kind of like, that's it. It's firmly cemented some point in there. Disney made uh, a cartoon that had something to do like one of their little shorts. So like it, it kind of like it showed up. I think, you know, in certain, you know, in the parts of the, the country that were heavily po- uh, populated by the, the Scotch, the, the Brits and the Irish, they would still kind of have that tradition. And then I'm sure, you know, the kids from the German town, uh, the German part of town would look over and be like, hey, that, lo- that looks like fun. I want I want free candy. <laughs> I want free treats. I want to do. And then, you know, so it's kind of slowly built from there. Um, it it appears as though like there's still like large sections of the world that don't really do trick or treating. Uh, it's picking up because um, uh, I was noticing like I was just kind of picking random countries and writing. You know, I type you know type in Halloween Australia or trick or treat Australia um, because like I said, it started in the the you know in the in the UK basically. Mm-hmm. And then it came over here and it seems to have kind of centered in, in Canada and then worked its way down from there. Um, but, uh, you know, as you know, I was reading a whole article on like how some other countries were like super jealous that we just have these Halloween stores all over the place. Cause Halloween is only starting to pick up in the rest of the world because, you know, we have these, we have our movies that, you know, our, the U S biggest export is, entertainment so you know when I mean, think about how many movies we make about way a either trick-or-treating going wrong yeah. or b like, yeah. it being like you know the super fun thing you know you know, <laughs> you know so you know the rest of the world season goes wait a minute <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i can just go to my neighbor's house and they'll give me candy <laughs> right. sure. i don't want to do that yeah yeah so huh. All right, so I'm 43. Jeremy, you just said you were 30. Justin, yeah. you were 35, 36. 
34? 34. You two are a little closer, so I'm guessing you're... I think I'm 34. (laughs) How old do you feel? 90. (laughs) So, I mean, obviously, my I was probably done trick-or-treating. I was probably... uh, by the time you guys started trick or treating, I was I was uh, I was not allowed to trick or treat anymore. <laughs> well, what what age did you stop? And what age do you think you should have stopped? <laughs> I probably trick or treated longer than I should have, but I was a really small child. Like when I started high school, I was under five feet tall. So I could still get kind of get away with it as long as I was like concealed. <laughs> but I don't know. I was probably like 14, 13. I feel like that's probably around the age 12, 13 teenage years. Maybe you stop trick or treating. Yeah. I was going to say about in there, maybe like 13, 14 is when I would have stopped. I remember like the very last year I went, it was like the most half-assed costume attempt ever. Like I just like, I think I went as homeless guy and just like wore like a flannel and I'm like, yeah, I'm homeless. Like <laughs> trick or treat. I, we've, we've all done that costume. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I'm pretty sure it was 14, maybe 15 when I stopped. I remember I was definitely a, a freshman in high school. Okay. Uh, and I, I remember like when my friends and I knock on the door, they'd be like, Ooh, aren't you a little big to be trick-or-treating? And I'd be like, I think I had made up some, like I have a pituitary gland and, or, you know, I have a song. Just shut up and give me candy. <laughs> I, I know I would take my niece trick-or-treating when she was really little because she was born in 2000. So I would have been 13, 14 around that time. So I would take her trick-or-treating and I would still get the candy because I'd go up with her. Mm. Sneaky. So, I, mean, I didn't have to wear go. a costume. I just used to. There you go. The small child as an excuse. Yeah. Which I mean, I I still do to this day. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not here for me. <laughs> Get the peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I remember as a as a, an adult having like groups of high schoolers come up, and I'm just like, I'm gonna give you candy because whatever you came but like there's part of me going eh, i you didn't even put a costume on mm-hmm. come on at least try <laughs> yeah like really <laughs> come on put forth minimal effort like just showing up is i mean half the battle i guess but <laughs> my, my my costume is laziness <laughs> Yeah, I think I've had a few like that too, where it just be like high school kids. So they don't even have like a proper bag. It's just a grocery bag, like a plastic fr- Frank's bag. <laughs> no. I mean, I use the yeah. pillowcase most of the time. That's yeah, a good I one. Mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had the, the proper Halloween, like the either the pumpkin or, bucket. or the bucket. And then, you know, as I got older, I was like, this thing is not big enough. Pillowcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember sometimes like uh, companies would do like promotional ones too. And they'd just be like these like little dinky ones or like the plastic bags. It's like, what the heck? You can't do anything with that. <laughs> Didn't McDonald's do uh I was, I was just saying McDonald's. I thought to do it. 
I know back in the day, and, and I, you know, you'll have to, you guys will have to tell me if this is something that happened when you were younger. But back in the eighties, when come Halloween time, the Happy Meal would become the bucket. Like you would just, you would get a, a like a pumpkin, like McDonald's bucket. And then, so you get your, you'd eat your dinner, and then you have your Halloween bucket. Hmm. That sounds sort of familiar, but yeah, I think they stopped that in like the early nineties. I remember the Halloween toys would be like the chicken nuggets and costumes. Yeah, I remember oh, that. Yeah, those were, those were good toys. Oh my god! Yeah. Back when McDonald's <laughs> used to have actual good good toys and you guys missed out on even some of the better stuff back in the 80s when you know you'd get like lawn darts or you know. <laughs> i remember they, they had the big playgrounds too outside where you could climb inside like mayor mccheese and stuff like that right yeah i remember uh um burger king did the uh treehouse of horror toys one year yeah, yeah. Cool. i've got some of those somewhere in my basement I, I don't know if I do. I probably I probably ordered kids meals more than I should have for that for that. But yeah, you know, I don't I don't even remember what I did with them. If I, I, I mean, you can still them. do that to this day. They go through the drive through. They wouldn't yes, know. It. I, well, uh, okay. So do you remember a couple of years ago? Um, because it was when I was working for Sleep Number, they had a, a promotion with the Smurfs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for some reason, Jess really wanted the Smurf toys. Like she really liked them. Uh-huh. So like when I was working for Sleep Number, we I'd go out for lunch a lot more than I probably should have because we were just out driving and, you know, like I didn't really have a place to store my lunch. So um, like I'd go in and be like, yeah, I'll uh, take a Happy Meal. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I, cause I, I have a memory for things, you know, I'd open it up and there'd be the same one. So I'd walk up and I'd be like, yeah, so my girl already has this one. Like I, you know, not, I wasn't lying because, you know, I <laughs> call your wife, your girl, but like, I just led them to believe it was, you know, yeah. do you guys have a different one? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, just, you know, reach in here. Oh yeah. I don't have that one. Okay. <laughs> she she nice. already has, she already has this one. Technically the truth. <laughs> you, just, you just left out little tidbits of information. And I left out the age. I, you know, I was not lying. It was for yeah. my girl. You know, it was <laughs> just not in the way that they thought I was saying. Right. Yeah. Why not? They thought I was being a good dad. I was just being a good husband. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right. So um, Halloween costumes changed a lot. Because when I was a kid, we had like the cheap, like, and I don't remember the, the name. Uh, I, I know there's a name for it. It's not Archie McPhee, but that's all that I'm coming up with. But they used to have the cheap plastic mask with the little white band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Over your face. The eye slits would barely be big enough to see. The mouth hole would be very. You know, and then <laughs> and that, like, the eye would, slits would also be way too close, too. Like every time you yeah. blink, you would. You feel like it cut your eyes open, <laughs> um, but instead of like the, this is the part that got better. Um, when I was a kid, they would have like the plastic smock, like it'd be like an art smock, and it would have a picture of like if you had the Superman mask, so yeah, it was the Superman with the little you know, the spit curl, 
it would have a picture of Superman on it. <laughs> it wouldn't be like, like oh. they wouldn't give you like the blue shirt with the Superman logo or just a, a Superman logo. It uh-huh. would be this plastic like smock thing that would have another picture of Superman on it. <laughs> yeah, they were so they were so cheap and and like they like now I thankfully had a mother who was super creative and really good when it came to sewing. So like my sister and I almost always had like cool costumes that mom nice. would mom would make for me. Um like I won a car a costume contest at the museum when I was living in Memphis for this dinosaur that she made me. Mm. Like it, it was, it was impressive. It was really hard to trick or treat in because it was hot. <laughs> oh, I could, I could see that. Yeah, because it was big and heavy, and like it had a tail, and like what was it made out of? Oh, I don't even remember. Some sort of fabric that she made it, and then it was all like it had. It was stuffed, like you know. So like the your my head was like in the neck, and it was like it was kind of like a, a T Rex. Okay, okay, but it was back in. This is hard for you two to believe, but back in the 80s, dinosaur content was hard to come by. <laughs> See, there's there's a line in the world of Jurassic Park. Okay. Before Jurassic Park, you had the occasional dinosaur thing. Like you had a show, a movie called Baby. Uh, you, you had the show Dinosaurs, you had the Dinobots. <laughs> But, like, dinosaur stuff was a lot harder to come by. After Jurassic Park, dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> All bets are off. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, if and I was super into dinosaurs at the time. So, Mom was like, well, I just have to make you one. I can't just go buy you one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember Mom making me and my sister Raggedy Ann and Andy for a year like we, she's three years younger than i am so i mean that still puts her older than both of you um, <laughs> um uh, but i would i would say that the costume and this is where i'm gonna test your memory the costume that i wore more years in a row than any other costume do either of you remember i think i remember this do you remember justin uh, no i was gonna say ghostbuster no. Um, Santa Claus. I, I was gonna say Santa. I really was. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, mom, mom made me a full-on Santa Claus like hat and a beard. And, like I think she just took like a red like so- sweatshirt and sweatpants and like you know sewed stuff <laughs> on. Awesome. I, said, I wore that a couple years in a row. Do you have any photos of this? Can we contact your mother? I mean, I can contact my mother. I'm sure I have them somewhere. I would love to see a photo of a young Nicholas in a Halloween costume. And dressed up as Santa. Yeah. Okay, texting mom now. <laughs> Do you <laughs> there, there was one year when I was handing out candy over at uh, Tony's for trick-or-treating, and there was someone dressed as a Santa. Couple years ago, by a couple, I mean it was probably like ten. But I thought that was really weird that someone was dressed as Santa. Right, well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what possessed me. I mean, other than the fact that like Santa is Saint Nicholas and my name is Nicholas, that like 
I thought it was. I mean, listen, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up for this podcast that I'm a hardcore nerd. (laughs) This isn't this isn't a new thing. This isn't like just a a hobby that I picked up 10 years ago. This is lifelong, man. This is (laughs) there's a, a, a lifelong commitment to being a nerd. And it was it goes back to when I was like eight, when I was like, this joke is hilarious. I'm Nicholas. And it's St. Nicholas. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Would, uh, would you say that was your favorite then looking back? Um, I don't know. I would say that dinosaur costume is probably my favorite. Okay. I mean, I just, okay. you know. Oh. Nice. Now I know it was a lot of mine up until, I was, I was really young when I got glasses, so I wore the masks up until like probably like second grade, and then after I needed glasses to function, that limited the costume choices I could go with because mm. I, I need to be able to see. So after that, they became a lot of like just generic homemade kind of things where I could wear my glasses. After that, I stopped hiding my face. Did you do um, a lot of homemade stuff? Yeah, pretty much everything was homemade, and it wasn't good either. <laughs> it wasn't. It was, good. It, was, it wasn't well made. You weren't winning any costume contests. No. <laughs> what was it'd it like? Pa- it'd be like face paint or something to try to be like the ultimate warrior. Or, awesome. You know, like Hulk Hogan, big wrestling in that time. Uh, definitely <laughs> did. Definitely did the hobo. Oh, yeah. I think everybody did the hobo at least once. Wore the flannel and I had the bag on the stick, reached my hand into the charcoal bag and wiped it on my face. Nice. I had some pretty decent homemade ones back in the day. Um, Went out as a robot and a box of popcorn. I think I won a costume contest at St. Peter's with... It was either one of those because... Both of them actually turned out pretty good. I know my sister helped with the crafting and my mom helped with like the putting the stuff together. Um, as I grew older, it got more and more lazy. <laughs> and eventually, like I said, the last one I was out as was, was the hobo with the flannel. Um, I'd wear like a camouflage like jumper and I just put the black in and be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a hunter. <laughs> like... <laughs> I yeah. did go one year. I went as uh, I wore my my dad's old work shirt, and I went as um, a plumber, and uh, that was an interesting one. It was like kind of toward the end of the evening when we found out another neighborhood was doing like later trick or treating, so we had to like quickly throw something together again. And my sister's like, "Here, just take dad's shirt," and uh, I I did that, and I had a plunger in my hand with my bag, and we just walked around the neighborhood. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember what I wore when I was like, you know, when we moved to Atlanta. So it would have been like the last year or two of trick or treating. But I, I don't remember putting any thought into the costume. So it, it, that was probably when I did like the hobo. I seem to remember trying to go as a gangster one year, like putting on a suit mm. and like a bald cap. But <laughs> all right. I did go as retail man one year when I was in college <laughs> and Sean from Shaun of the Dead. 
I kind of remember some of those Halloween experiences. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Now, now, like when I was living in Florida and I was a, a you know graduated college, um, I would just uh, one year I put on my hockey jersey because it was the year that the strike happened, so there was no um, there was no uh, hockey season. So I was just like, I'm an out of work hockey player. <laughs> nice. I like that. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I. I wore my Capitals jersey a lot anyway, so it was just like that was what I was wearing that night. I was like, yeah, I think maybe like I got to my friend's house. He's like, you got to wear more than that. So I like I grabbed like a monkey mask and I was like, there, I'm a gorilla hockey player. (laughs) Nice. But that was as an adult where there was much more adult activities um, Mm. at Irish bars happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, and I remember um, when I was like, when I live in Memphis, the neighborhood that I lived in, there was only two ways into the neighborhood and they were both up at the top of the neighborhood. Like imagine like if you're looking at a picture, like if you had a map, like there was two ways in and out of the neighborhood and it was at the top of it. And then the, the rest of the neighborhood just kind of circled around itself. So like, my parents at a, probably a younger age than they would have had we lived in like East Troy or some bigger, like just open, you know, neighborhood, let my friends and I go by ourselves. Cause you know, it was a relatively insulated neighborhood. So there was me. Yeah, it, was, t- t- it was a lot different back then too. It's like, just go. Okay. Yeah, that is true. And, and that was also different back in the eighties. You know, I don't know if they would do the th- same thing now, but my friend, Greg, my friend, Steven and myself, we would go and then like because we were old enough and we were we could go faster like we could hit all of the part of the neighborhood that we knew gave candy and was good and then we'd like run back to one of our houses and we thought we were being cool and like we'd swap costumes and then try to go back to the best houses <laughs> nice <laughs> like so the same three costumes were showing up at the door it was just on different people. And somehow we thought that was going to trick these people into being like different. Like it was like, but they're the same three costumes. Like (laughs) Uh, you've been here before. (laughs) I mean, I think the only reason we got away with it is because a, they just didn't care or b like, you just have so many kids. You don't remember everybody (laughs) towards the end of the night. Just take the candy and go away. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they're like pouring out the bowl just so they could flip the light (laughs) off as you walk. Yeah, I do wonder about how certain Halloween traditions like were created, like the porch light. Like, I mean that one. I mean that one seems obvious, but like the porch light is on. That means they give candy as soon as it goes off. Candy is gone. Right. Like they're they're just done for the night. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, and I've I've learned that like this part of the country has uh, certain Halloween traditions. At least now, I don't know if they did back then, but the whole uh, trick-or-treating for adults where, like, you know, you'd have a table full of, uh, you know, bud. <laughs> uh, you know, you'd, you'd hand over a beer to the adult or the brat and, uh, you know, a couple pieces of candy to the kid. Like, I, yeah. that never happened where I was growing up. It was solely for kids. Like most of the time, like the adult would stand at the end of this the walk and then just wait for the kid to walk up. Like, yeah, you know, as at a certain you, 
I'm sure you went with your mom or dad and then like, you'd have to walk up and ring the doorbell and you'd have to say trick or treat, you know, like you were so scared. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's kind of funny. Like, do you, do you guys get a lot of trick or treaters by your house? I don't not so far. We, we used to get a lot more, but we still get a decent amount over here. And it's always funny to watch the little kids. Cause like, so, like you, like you said, the parents will be like, t- say trick or treat. And they're like really scared and nervous half the time. And you are just like, sometimes you'll just like have this awkward interaction because they'll stand there after they say trick or treat and you give them the candy and they don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> and the parents like, okay, that's, that's it. Like end of transaction now. <laughs> Come on, let's go to the next. <laughs> so it's kind of, I'm finding it fun to have like new trick or treat experiences as an adult, like from the opposite side as now that I'm giving it out. Yeah, when I when I lived when I still lived up near you guys, I had a lot more trick or treaters. Yeah. Um, but now that I for you, I mean, you'd figure for this neighborhood, like I see kids all over the place, you know. But I don't like I don't I don't know. I just like last year, I just it was a nice enough day, and you know because they have hours set, I just I put a, a table out. And I put it now, I, you know, I was hanging out down there just doing some yard workers kind of sitting there hanging out. So, you know, like I could hand the candy out because I, I just I'd rather hand the candy out than just put it on a table and say, you take one. You know? Right. Just one. I know that the first kid that walks by is taking the whole, whole bowl. <laughs> That's what happened to us the first year out here. Because we take we take her out some trees. So we just leave a little bucket out there. And yeah, it was like we went down. And then we forgot something, so we came back and we were gone for probably like half an hour, not even, and came back and it was empty. Oh, those bastards. So um, after that, we, we started buying those cheap bags of like child's play candy. Uh, the big bags that have like the crap candy in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that seems to last longer. So the, uh, well, one year I went across the street to, when I was at the trailer, we went over to grandma's house. So I just put the table down and put the bowl on. Somebody took the whole bowl. They oh didn't just God. empty the bowl. They just took the whole bowl. Did, they did took all used, the candy and the just, bowl. Uh, Bunch of you, just, uh, you used to just leave the in, in the bed of your truck, didn't you? You lower the tailgate, and just candy. I did that. I did that too. <laughs> I mean, I did have I did have one visitor with his niece quite often. Um, that thought it was funny every time. I can't remember what he would call me every every time he came, but. What what was that that you would call me, Justin? You think I you think I remember that far back? I don't know. Did, did you guys ever come across those bowls when you were kids? Yes. And yes. were you honest? Uh, no. I just, de- de- depended on the candy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it also depended because there's part of me that you know, like I've never really gotten in trouble with a lot of things because I um, have this death fear that like the first time I did it, like my mom or dad would just be like around the corner and like, they'd be like, I got you (laughs) or something. So like, there was always part of like, I think part of it was you always assumed that the people that were there were home. They just didn't want to answer the door. Yeah. So they're watching you through like the curtain. Right. Like, I think my friends and I were like, they're just watching if we take more than like, you know, like you 
try to get away with like taking like two, maybe three pieces, but like you wouldn't like be like handful, you know, because yeah. like you were, I was just convinced that somebody was actually like on the other side of the door, just watching, <laughs> like just wait, waiting for you to grab the whole bowl and then jump out. Be like, ah, yeah. What are you doing? I was going to say, were you trick-or-treating at Heidi Klum's house? <laughs> nice. I, I don't remember her living in my neighborhood, but she maybe did. I don't, I don't know. Do you think she lived in Memphis in the 80s? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, if she did live there, I'm sure you would have been on the, the same side of that door doing the same thing, looking in. <laughs> so, I, all right. Did you guys have the neighbors that, like, they had the bowl of candy for, like, the regular kids, and then they had the bowl of the the candy for like the special like the like the you know the certain like i had like my next door neighbor like she had stuff that she would give like the like the kids that were like right next door or like the special families like the friends and then there was just the generic candy bowl so like you know no get, like, oh okay no. All right. no, we didn't i don't remember that either did special people just get better candy yeah. yeah, like, oh, you're our neighbor kid. Here's a full size candy. You're some stranger from out of town. Here's a. Right, yeah. Interesting. Here's a, a dumb, dumb sucker. There was an old guy who was kind of, who everybody thought was scary, but he wasn't. But for Halloween, he just had like a big plate of like change and he would just like take a handful of it and throw it, throw it in your bag. Like, I mean, I don't know how much it was. It was probably, and it was probably all like pennies and nickels. Like it wasn't much, but like you would just take a handful of change and throw it in your bag. <laughs> Here's eight cents, nine cents. Right. Which I mean, when you're, you know, six, you're like, oh my goodness, money. Like, yeah. Do you ever get an apple? Yes. Which brings me to the question I was going to ask. Okay. When you got home, did your parents do what mine did? They had a, a like a bed sheet or, or a, like a big comforter laid out on the floor and you'd have to shake your, your candy out and then they'd go through it. And uh, anything that wasn't wrapped you and you couldn't identify like, like, Oh, the next door neighbor gave me that popcorn ball. Okay. We can keep that because you can tell me where it came from. But if you couldn't tell them where the apple came from or the popcorn, it got thrown away. Yep. Yep. And any, any, any candy where the wrapper was like coming apart got thrown away. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure there was also the candy tax that I, yeah, this one's bad. This one's, I'll dispose oh, of this. All of this candy that also happens to be your mother's favorite uh, is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom would get super paranoid about that stuff. And um, like you said, anything that was like unwrapped that was gone immediately. And she got actually, she was pissed at me one year. Cause I, I did get an apple too and um i ate the apple before i got home and she was like what you didn't even let me look at it <laughs> i'm like it was fine <laughs> in the history of halloween in this country there has never been and i repeat never been an example of somebody finding razor blades in candies or apples that wasn't directly a family member or, or some close relation that was directly aimed at either that kid or getting back at that parents. It's never been like, there's never been a serial killer who's like, I'm going to kill all the kids in the town and I'm going to inject poison. 
it's right? not never, not yet never happened <laughs> not yet <laughs> i mean you're right though i mean by saying not yet i mean there could be some asshole one day that decides to do it and ruin fun for everybody yeah but did you guys yeah. have the the places in town or ever you know hear about the places in town that would have the x-ray machine that you could bring the candy by and they would x-ray it all for you I mean, I've heard of that happening, but I, I, you know, never recalled it out here. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember hearing about it, but again, I never, I never experienced it myself. I, I wonder if that's one of those urban legends, like the, you know, there's a haunted house downtown that's like seven floors, and if right. you make it through the seventh floor, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. There's not a thing. Like it's not real. Like that's right. never happened. Right. <laughs> Get charged by the floor. And it's always a different number of floors every time someone someone tells you. Yeah. Oh. oh man, now you just so many memories coming back. I was living in Atlanta and I was where I was going to college in East Point, Georgia, uh, which was kind of a it was more of a how do I put this? African American community. Like I was one of the only white uh houses that lived there okay um it was about two miles away from campus so like a, a guy bought the house and moved a couple of us into it um so rent was super cheap but i don't know where everybody else was that night but i was the only one at home for for halloween uh it was a really nice day so i had the the door open to the house so it was just the screen door and i was sitting in the recliner next to the door it must have been a Sunday night or a Monday night because football was on and the Cowboys were getting pounded by somebody. So I was hooting and hollering, just having a great time going, yeah, take it Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. And I hear a knock on the door. So I walk over and, you know, so I'm sitting there and you can kind of see me from the, the door. Uh-huh. Now it's this small little, the small little black child. Was, I don't even remember what costume he was wearing, but he was super cute. And he sees all of a sudden this six foot one giant white man step up, stand up. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I had a beard at the time, you know, beard or big sideburns. One of the two it was in high school and it was in college. So it wasn't the beard wasn't as glorious as it is now. But, you know, I, I might have I was definitely growing my hair long. So the look on his face as he sees me stand up and he just his eyes continue to rise as I get closer <laughs> Cause yeah, and just the 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 dumbfounded look of oh my god, what is this? <laughs> that was pretty amazing. That's I gave a- him a bunch. I just I just gave him like a handful. I was like, I'm I feel bad for. I think I just scared you. I don't know. Here, here's a handful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'd say I didn't really have too many out by me growing up either because I lived in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. We didn't get any trick-or-treaters out there. You lived next oh, yeah. to a spooky cemetery. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't get a lot of trick-or-treaters at the, at the cemetery? No. They all, the stayed, they, all, they all stayed home. On the corner of nowhere and no, uh, nowhere and nothing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, a shocker. <laughs> So what did, no, no what one did, came from the cemetery. No one came from the cornfield. So did like did your mom or dad just drive you into town and like drop you off or? Yeah, basically, me and my sisters. There you go. I'll be over here. Have fun. 
Come back, come back when it's over. Now, for me, the this newer this is a new concept for me at least. I don't know when it must have started of the moving Halloween or trick or treat from Halloween night because it used to be you started trick or treat like the younger you were, the earlier you started. But on Halloween night, if you were super young, they would start a little before sundown. But like you didn't tend to start trick or treat until the sun was going down and then you didn't stop until all the, the house porch lights were off when you were old enough. Sure. Yeah, ours was like normally like five to seven or seven to whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yeah. a lot of times you'd be watching the time to make sure you can get to the houses. Cause a lot of people at like, if it ended at like eight 30, eight 30 went, the lights would just go off. Like people were just like waiting at their doors. Like, yeah. Okay, done. <laughs> I imagine you also were like, like trying to time it where you were getting to some of the better houses at like eight fifteen because they're just like, here you go, you're out of the candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to turn the porch light off. Here you go. Here's the rest. <laughs> I I do that here. Like if it'll be later and we're just kind of done, someone comes up and just give them the rest of the candy. All right, we're out. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. I seem to recall, like, sometimes when we were kids, like, you, if you were lucky, you could try to stack it because some neighborhoods would do it in the afternoon and some would do it at night. So it's like, quickly, let's get to our uncle's house and we could do the night one after we just finish up this afternoon session here. See, that's something that we never had growing up because, at least in Memphis, maybe, and I don't know, it might have changed since I left. Um, Trick or treating was always Halloween night. Yeah. There was no, like, I mean, maybe you'd have, like, the, whatever church was doing, like, you know, the Harvest Festival or, you know, the, the mall had a, like, trick-or-treat or something. They would, you know, be different times. But for the neighborhoods, yeah, like, you know, like, and you couldn't, like, you didn't have time to, like, like, the you know, you'd, my, I'm sure the only, you know, You'd have the neighborhoods that were smaller or the kids who live far enough away from neighborhoods that would be, you know, the parents would come in and drop the kids off and then just, like, hang out. But then, like, for the most part, it was just, like, you didn't have time to go to another neighborhood by the time you hit all the houses in ours. Like, it was just... There there was one year, this is probably one of the last years I went, we looked at it, and they were doing it, like, sometimes neighborhoods did it on... I think it was a Friday, some did it on a Saturday, and some did it on a Sunday. So they weren't all together. Mm. So I know it was me and my buddy Sean. We wound up coming out here. So we did our neighborhood. We went to Burlington, Elkhorn, Lake Geneva, Sussex, and I think Wales. Jeez. All within the span of like a two or three day. So it got to the point where like, my dad just got the tail down on the station wagon and we're just running. Like we filled up a pill and we got to the point where we go to a house and like, we, you know, trick or treat and they'd be like, Oh, we got this. We're like, you know what? We've, we've been out for like three days. Do you got any like cheese? So they'd be like craft single slices and <laughs> we'd get that. We got juice boxes, <laughs> but that was one of the last ones I did. We went to like five or six different neighborhoods in the span of two, three days. That's awesome. <laughs> And ended up with a pillowcase full of candy. 
Yeah, no, I never had that. That was never anything that was an option for me. Like it was just like, I'm pretty sure my parents would have been like, no, we're not taking you to the other neighborhood anyway. But like, Oh no, he was all for it. He was looking and he would like look in the paper to find out like who did it when. And he'd be like, all right, if we leave at this time and if we left this town at this point, we can get to here. And nice. That's yeah. Quite the candy tax. I'm sure. <sighs> I, I don't remember that. I don't remember how much he took, but yeah, I remember that we did it for like two or three days. We just went from town to town to town. And towards the end, we were just asking him for like cheese or Capri Suns. Got a can of tuna. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in Big Daddy where the, the dude doesn't want to participate. <laughs> He's just handing him CDs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we went, we went to the one and he was like, oh, I just moved in. I don't have any candy, but here's some tuna. And I was like, all right. Nice. I, looks, I don't, looks like I got lunch. I don't know. Who, uh, do you remember what day I closed on my house? I don't remember what day I closed on my house. I think I remember yours. Well, I mean, it's just, it, it's a monument. I closed on my, on this house on Halloween night. Uh, four years ago. Wow. So uh, I'm like a week away from having lived in this house for four years. That's amazing. <laughs> it does not feel like that long. No, it doesn't. I thought it was. <laughs> Jeremy like still doesn't know where it is. <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought it was only three, but I guess some uh, somebody pulled up some messages or something that proved it was four. Huh. Uh, but I remember like we like we signed on the house. They gave us the keys. We drove over here with our real estate agent. And she was like, it's yours. And we walked in and we're like, ah. oh, crap, it's Halloween. <laughs> so so like I, I jumped in the car and I drove down to Richter's and grabbed whatever bag of candy they had left because it was like <laughs> and then came back just in case. Like, I mean, the house was. I mean, it was, I mean, full of garbage. So it looked like we lived here, but I was just like, in case kids come, like we got to have something. Yeah. <laughs> just go to the change jar and throw a bunch of pennies at them. Here's some pennies. Yeah. Hey, hey, you guys want a handful of crap? I just moved in and I got to clean it. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to walk through. Take one item. <laughs> Take two items, whatever you want. Just- <laughs> hey, what did you ever, did you ever find that metal clown? Still haven't found that metal clown. Oh, I damn. have, I, I have a couple other things that you had uh, requested still in a in a cabinet that I keep forgetting to bring every time we get together for a live episode. I do not know what happened to the metal clown. Mm, it's disappointing. Ah. Well, I think uh, I think we've been going for a little while on this one. Mm-hmm. Um. Suffice to say, still got some more work to do. Yeah. Suffice to say, though, I think we we have some some pretty great memories of trick or treating and Halloween. Um, I think some of my better holiday memories come from from trick or treating. Um, I wish I could find Greg and Steven because I'd love to do an episode with them where Mm. I see what how how they remember it, how their memories stack up to my memories, but. You know, alas, I, I cannot find them. You know, mm. what you get for moving around, mm. living in nine different states. But if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> um, 
So as you're walking around this year, uh, be safe, wear reflective tape. Um, even though it's never happened, double check your candy. Um, <laughs> Bring it over. We'll inspect it. Yeah. A little, little slight tax. Yeah. Um, so uh, just remember, though, that, that stupid never walks alone. Ooh. Yeah.